Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Liebel, here with my co-host, Mr. John Bauer. How are you today, John? Jenny, I'm excited. Um, you know, we were talking a little you bit. You sound before. like Dan when you say that. You're always excited. Uh, well, I am excited. <laughs> you know, you know, this time I mean it. I really mean it this time. And, and here's why. We were talking a little bit beforehand, and we get a lot of industry friends on here to talk shop about personal training in the fitness industry. And today we have someone that I'm, I'm literally a, kind of a social media fan of for a lot of his content. And not, to pick, not just because it's cool because he's training professional athletes. For me, what really actually sticks out is how he's training his professional athletes. So I have a feeling that's something we might uh, dive into a little bit. Um, but, uh, but, but really cool stuff, really, really fascinating stuff. And then I also know that we have a lot of students who are interested in the world of strength and conditioning and performance. And I'm really excited to hear from our guest about his take and his approach in, in sports performance. Agreed. Yeah. Strength and conditioning, sports performance. It's my wheelhouse as well. You know this. I own a sports performance business for a youth basketball and volleyball and then college athletes as well. And there are a lot mm -hmm. of students that we talk to on a regular basis that are getting certified with the intent of working with athletes. And I love that, you know, working with professional athletes is something that is within reach. Is it going to be for everyone? That's a no, right? But we can absolutely help as many people as we can perform better. And there are opportunities out there. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to, to learn how um, he got into it as well. But who do we have with us today, John? Hey, today we've got Coach Mike Guevara. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Yes, yes, yes. I really appreciate you guys for having me. Like we said before we got on there, man, if there's any moment that I can have a platform to you know, speak truths and serve, Whoever gets value from this conversation, I'm all about it. So I'm super excited to be here and hopefully people can pick up some things that I'm putting down. Love that, Mike. Thank you for that. And I, and I appreciate the, the take on servant leadership. I think that is a great thing to have, especially in our world of being personal trainers and performance coaches. Um, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, just kind of your story and how you got your start in the fitness industry and specifically in sports performance? Yeah, just to be sensitive of time, I'll give you the elevator version of, you know, my upbringing and how I got into the space. I think it's very parallel to most people who do the, the performance training for athletes is we all were once athletes at one point in time. We all had dreams and aspirations of becoming pros. And that just wasn't our path. And that was pretty much my journey. I played football all the way through the college level, division two, a uh, school called Fair State, mm -hmm. scholarship and all that I was going to the NFL, uh, five foot eight, Korean dude, not super fast. Yeah, not going to happen. And um, but one thing that did birth from being so different in this sport community, this football community was the fact that it allowed me to develop this mentality that I always wanted to prove people wrong, a, a chip on your shoulder attitude, so to speak, which made me get in the weight room more, made me get in 
the the get on the field more and start to train and develop my craft because I always was counted out based off of the eye test, which is what do you see when you look at this person, right? And unfortunately, I wasn't passing too many eye tests, so it made me more <laughs> motivated to get into that weight room and 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 really focus on the things that I could control and be the captain of my ship. Well, once I figured out I didn't, I wasn't going to make the NFL. The natural affinity to the weight room and training grew a passion that allowed an avenue to be segued perfectly after I was done playing football, and that was coaching. I've always been one to be a teacher and a leader and an emotional leader at that, which are great ingredients to be a coach. And over the course of the last 13 years, I've been able to find myself in environments to rub shoulders and be neighbors with some pretty high level individuals, whether that's CEOs and pro athletes and and things of that nature. And I think a lot of the answers to the question, how did you get to where you're from, is just sheer opportunity. And being in Los Angeles, California, that gave me a lot of opportunity because it was just always around. So that's kind of the, the, the gist of how I became a coach and why I chose that avenue. And honestly, if hindsight is 2020, everything happened was supposed to happen. I, you know, if, if someone gave me an opportunity to go back and be an NFL football player for 10 years versus do what I'm doing now, I think I would choose what I'm doing now because I know I'm inspiring and impacting so many people beyond just performing on a field. And for me, someone that looks like me and talks like me and where I'm from, it's not too many of us. So for the fact that I can inspire and serve in that nature and manner, is everything to me and I will continue to do so for the rest of my life. I love that. You're making some really good points, like location, location, location. You have to be in the right spot to get those opportunities. But first of all, uh, I don't know what they were looking at when they were looking at you. They might not have seen the athlete, but I, you showed up on the screen before we logged on today. You got swagger, okay? Like, <laughs> you guys need to look him up. We'll put out his Instagram so you guys can check him out. But I was like, I already believe you when I logged in. I was like, I believe you, yes. Everything you say, I believe you. <laughs> I and that is a big that part so of it. The way you carry yourself is huge. And I love that about yeah. you. Thank you so Who much. Knows? I think that, um, not to, sorry, but just to add to that, I think that in order to work with professional athletes, um, NFL, NBA, you have to understand the humans that they are and where they come from. Yeah, And also where I come from, I was born in Oakland, California, raised in the Bay Area and then jumped around a lot being a military brat. So the culture that I naturally gravitated to matches a lot of these athletes. And when you can coexist with a specific preference of music or fashion or even lingo, it just lands better. Your coaching lands easier and softer and the communication is much more fluent, if you will. And that's kind of what has allowed me to connect. And I think that's super important. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I, well, first of all, the reason why we ask people to tell their story is for the type of answer that you just gave. So, so thank you for that. I think that's a, I, I think it points out a, a couple of really cool things. Uh, first of all, that you kind of found uh, at least a fascination, but maybe a love for, for training and doing the work. Uh, when you were an athlete yourself. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Not everyone in fitness relates to that, but a lot of us can relate to that, especially those who are trying to get into um, into the sports performance world. And it sounds like over time, you've developed some great relationships and you've developed 
uh, an approach uh, to your performance training. And this is something that I think mm-hmm. I see when I when I look at your social media posts. Clearly, those are that's kind of a highlight reel. But I think what I'm seeing is yeah. not just uh, the cool part of working with athletes. To me, it's it's how mm-hmm. you seem to be training them, and what I think I see. So, um, so maybe you can confirm for me what I, what I think I'm seeing. Can you tell us a little bit about your approach to performance training with these high level athletes? Well, I mean, I think what you teach probably in in your classes within the first, you know, one to two weeks, said principle, right? Specific adaptations to impose demands basically speaks to how I approach in a nutshell, each and every athlete that I work with. Now, every sport has a different type of culture, which coexists within their, their approach to training. And, you know, as far as the NFL and American football goes, training performance training is a part of the sport it's almost the sport we train that's all we do is train and then we play the game but when you compare that to a tennis or an nba basketball player weight training and performance training is actually relatively new i mean you have stories of the michael jordans and and the lebron james's and the kobe's that are starting to change people's minds about how they're going to approach their off work performance but or off court performance rather but it's still a little bit behind if you're comparing cultures between american football and basketball these guys just want to play basketball but they're starting to slowly understand that the weight room stuff is what keeps you healthy it's what keeps you able to perform at a high level for 82 games in a season at 32 minutes a game and the more and more we have these stories of LeBron James spending $1.5 million on his body work or whatever it is from nutrition to performance to recovery, et cetera. The more and more it helps our narrative as coaches, like this is what it takes. You know, that's the best basketball player on the planet, arguably at the age of 39 years old. So go figure that out. And I, I, I digress because it just allows me to, approach each individual athlete differently because I think that when you look at a defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs or or Seattle Seahawks what have you you're going to train that person much differently than a point guard for the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. now what you see on social media as you highlighted or as you mentioned is a highlight reel. You know, I, I think that social media is a gift and a curse from the standpoint. There's no context attached to what you see. Even the caption is not enough to really understand what's happening. So it allows you to draw your own conclusions, but also it kind of puts you in a box of labeling what that person's about. So what you see on social media from myself is just trying to inspire thought, curiosity, And for people to start thinking outside the box. And what that box contains is your traditional strength and conditioning ideas and concepts. And what that is, is basically linear loaded barbell work, if you will, or dumbbell work. And I think that obviously that's super necessary. If you want to get someone extremely strong to produce a lot of force, you need to be stable to do that. And to do that is on two feet in a linear fashion. However, that's just a piece of the puzzle to me. 
And I think based off of what you discover through your appraisals of movement, your assessments, et cetera, you're going to start to realize that three-dimensional movement at different depths, distances, levels, and directions is really what allows athletes to express true athleticism and coordination. And that's what you see on social media. I'm trying to inspire people, coaches, athletes, and parents that weight training is good, but also we should be looking and understanding that we can move with load in other directions at different levels, different equipment, different environments. And that's what this philosophy that everyone attaches me to is all about. Mike, and that you, you just nailed it. You nailed what I what I feel like I'm seeing. A lot of people <laughs> with sports performance uh, backgrounds, they might highlight their athletes doing like a 60-inch box jump or something like that. And then, yeah, we get it. They're athletic. But when I see your oh. posts, um, it is really cool. It, it, is, it is really cool. But when I see your training, but, since, since I'm a trainer, I see a lot of emphasis on mobility and control mm-hmm. in, um, mm-hmm. um, in, in odd position strength. Correct. Uh, because, uh, you know, sports, you're never in a straight line moving straight up and down or jumping and landing in the same spot. So why would we train that way, I, I guess, is the question. So that's what really sticks Basically. out for me when I see your posts. And you, you said it, you know, nailed it. Right on the head of the nail. It's it's uh, allowing yourself to feel free and to feel confident that what most strength and conditioning programs consist of might be a little outdated. And this isn't throwing shade or saying people are wrong in any means or you know form at all. I just think that there's more to the puzzle and. I don't disagree with getting someone extremely strong. If you surf through my pages enough, you'll see Drew Holiday rear foot elevating split squat 315 for 20 reps because we do the one by 20 by Dr. Michael Yeses. And if you know that method, that is all linear loaded training. But there's also another dynamic to our training that involves the mobility stuff. If you can't access joint systems and ranges of motion that allow you to move well, what difference does it make of how much load you're putting on your external body? And that's kind of the, the premise of what we're looking at. Oh my gosh, coach. Uh, I'm going to replay this for all of the male college athletes that I work with. Cause I can't tell you how many times <laughs> they've walked up to me, by the way, I'm six feet tall and a bodybuilder. So I'm not small and I'm not like petite, but in any stretch of the imagination, but they say, Oh, well, my old football coach did this. My football, co- I coach volleyball and basketball athletes different sport. And you just highlighted that you're also very much a programming nerd, which I love because most people are like, well, how do I get good at working with athletes? You need to know how to program and it needs to be appropriate. So I love that you're highlighting all these things that we, me and John tell people all the time. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I think they just need to hear it from somebody else. Um, And also speaking (laughs) of basketball being different than football, you do you work with Zion Williamson? Can we, can we get him on your roster? (laughs) No, Dave, I like Zion, but he he needs some help. (laughs) <laughs> if Zion wants to work with Mike G, Zion has a, an opportunity to work with Mike G, but he has to take that step forward first. Right. First, Zion. <laughs> and he knows no. who I am because obviously I was associated with the Pelicans. So, you know, it's not like he can't get a hold of me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to send this to him on Instagram. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for a little <laughs> clip. Be like, Hey, we're just looking out for you, buddy. Trying to help you out. Cause I like him. I want to see him succeed, but he needs, something <laughs> absolutely I, as i do too because he can be a top five player in the league for sure absolutely 
Absolutely. Now, do you have any like cool stories? You've mentioned a couple people, but do you have any cool stories? You don't have to, you can leave their names out if you want about working with mm-hmm. any of your athletes or anybody that maybe came in with sure. a different mentality that you kind of help them see, see the light per se. Oh, help them. Okay. So, you know, being in the private sector, as you all know, they, they made the conscious decision to be, to pay for your time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's less, you don't get as many athletes that you kind of have to change or, or, or motivate them or kind of convince them otherwise. Right. Cause they kind of, they're like, okay, I'm coming to you and I'm paying for your time. And I've grown a reputation around the NBA that, you know, if, if you go to Mike G, you better be ready. You better strap up, put your work boots on and put your hard hat on. Cause it's going to be, you're going to learn who you are quick. So that has been really cool because I, you know, I've said this on record before. I'm not for everybody and that's okay. That's, that's totally okay. We're not trying to train every single NBA basketball player, but the, but the ones that do come to us, they bring a certain mentality to the table because they know that that's necessary. So that's been really cool. But as far as cool stories, I got a bunch of them, not necessarily showing people the light, but like, for instance, uh, we trained Reggie Bush. I was able to work with Reggie Bush uh, the year before he rushed for a thousand yards for the Miami Dolphins. It was a lockout season. And a cool story about him is, you know, he's documented to be a workout nut. Like he, he works out even to this day, he's still super into training, different modalities, different, you know, styles of training, et cetera. But, um, I'll tell you what, this dude is probably the most athletic human I've ever seen in my life. And, and you know, athlete can be defined in so many different ways, but basketball, uh, football players are self-driven, highly competitive people. So they make everything a sport or a game in the weight room. And he wins everything. He wins the agility drills. He wins the lifting drills. He wins the beat test. He wins every single drill and it's talking trash the whole time. And <laughs> this was one of these moments where I'm just like my jaws on the floor because he's my, he's like my age. We're the same high school class. And I'm like, this is the person that I need to be like to be at this level. Okay. I get why I'm not in, not in the <laughs> NFL. So this was like a realization inflection moment for me of like, these people are different. Like they, they are genetically, God touches these people literally to be able to perform at this level from a psychological standpoint, from obviously a physical standpoint. And, you know, he was one of my favorite athletes, grow, uh, you know, in high school and we're the same age. So that's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> shout out to Reggie Bush and, and, and allowing me to help him uh, train that off season. And then, you know, being in the NBA, working with the Pelicans, I was at a table with three NBA champions from three different situations. It was myself, Drew Holiday, Mike Pemberthy, who won a championship with the Lakers, Rajon Rondo, y'all know who that is, and then Ian Clark, who who won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. So we have three individuals with three different championship experiences talking about that, and I'm just sitting there like, I cannot, somebody pinch me. I am at this table talking about championships with three different NBA champions right now. This is unbelievable. So to be able to absorb that type of experience is priceless to me. And I'll never, ever take that for granted, nor forget about that, those types of things and often reflect on them because it's, it's, it's really just a blessing. And I have to recognize that. 
That's awesome. Yeah, you've definitely had some great opportunities. And so speaking of, you've also grown into your own, like as far as creating your own business as an entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little bit about, you have your your Hoops app, you have your GBG mm-hmm. Inc., GBG Gear. Can you tell us about some of your entrepreneurial um, endeavors? Yes. So, you know, I'm not going to get too philosophical. Let's just get into that. Okay. So, because yeah, I was going to say something clever, but no, we're just going to get right to it. So, GBG, first and foremost, stands for greatness breeds greatness. And the backstory behind that philosophy, that phrase, actually comes from Anthony Davis. So, when I was in New Orleans, I used to work with AD often. And for some reason, I used to always say greatness breeds greatness, not thinking of, not thinking too much into it, but it was essentially the iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. adage, similar, very similar. Like when I'm great, you're going to draw some energy from that because it's going to rub off onto you and you're going to feel motivated to raise your level. You see it all the time, you know, in the weight room, in the classroom, any space, as soon as you feel a positive, uplifting, elevated attitude, you immediately start to raise your level up. And that's what greatness breeds greatness is all about. So I would say that to AD all the time. And then one day he comes in and he says, GBG, he just starts yelling at GBG. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, greatness breeds greatness. And I was like, GBG. So I got to give him credit for actually giving us the acronym And during pandemic time, when everybody was kind of chilling at home, figuring out what they wanted to do with their life, (laughs) my wife and I actually birthed the brand. She made the logo. She's uh, she has an extensive artist background from music videos to logo design, et cetera. So she's the one that created this beautiful logo. As you can see, the G's are reflecting each other. That's the whole I'm great. You're great. We're off the floor. That's us elevating with these two wings. And then this is the uh, character for strength or courage in Chinese. So it was a really dope logo, a strong logo. And then we just started shooting exercise over and over again. I was horrible at it, like in terms of like explaining it on camera. And we just practiced and made content and just kept going on and on. And then finally, we created an app. So now everyone can basically train with me globally all over the world with over 11 different programs that we've developed um, with different goals within each program. There's a, a, a mobility program, a stability program, and this is all catered towards the basketball player because that's kind of the space that I've created a really strong foundation in. And then to move forward into the GBG gear, that's my wife, Hadiah, her, 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 you know, her baby, she wanted to do merch because everybody does merch and we were getting requests to do merch. And when the people are asking, we, we got to <laughs> respond to that call. You got to, you got to step up to the plate. So she has basically created a full line of shirts, tanks, hoodies, hats, jackets, uh, sports bras, ladies and tights, uh, which is going to launch probably in March. So everybody be on the lookout for that. Awesome. And then lastly, G- GBG Media, I'll be I'll make sure that you both get some gear for sure. Just need y'all, uh, y'all, y'all information. <laughs> uh, GBG Media is basically 
our gift to the people. And the people could be anybody, anybody that's interested in what we bring to the table. And we're consistently just trying to offer value in this space. And the media component is through YouTube and all the social media platforms. And I'm just trying to provide information, just quality, step-by-step information through different styles of 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 delivery. Um, if you go to our YouTube page, which is YouTube at GBG Hoops, you're going to see different things like interviews with athletes, follow along workouts, um, different I, uh, content ideation, like our newest, our latest video, which is releases on Friday is like seven gym equipment hacks. For instance, if you don't have a hack squat, do this. It's very similar. If you don't have a slant board, do this. And we're just trying to give people the ability to to learn and attach themselves to a quality source of information that's going to give them something fresh and new. And at, at the end of the day, that's going to help them. So that's kind of the 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 backstory and short story of, of what GBG is and where we're headed. I love it. There's that servant leadership again. Uh, but I have a question for you and maybe a proposition for you. So I, again, work with volleyball players, right? USA Volleyball and all these volleyball organizations. Volleyball is one of the top sports in the world. People don't realize that, right? Behind um, European football. Love volleyball. Soccer, right? So it's very regulated as far as like the structure of it, who you have to register with, right? You have to be registered with the USA Volleyball in order to play, et cetera. Basketball sure. here in the U.S. is not the same. And when I work with my basketball coaches and my basketball clubs that I train with, um, it's kind of like anybody can start a club. Anybody can go join a tournament. You yeah. can make your own tournament, right? Have you? And to your point, basketball is relatively new to that strength and conditioning or that agility training, the sport-specific training. And I'm finding that as well. Um, people need to be educated on it. Have you ever thought about right. taking what you do with the higher-level basketball players and kind of seeing if you can – dig your way into youth sports and really kind of grow the game that way. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I think that, that that's where we need to do the most work. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why I'm so abundant in the pro, pro level is because that was just the route that God gave me. And, mm-hmm. and I blazed that trail. However, I, in, in order to truly make an impact, you have to get to the youth and more and more, we're getting lots of inquiry from parents who want to train their kids the proper way. Um, it's just the resource that we're providing currently isn't catered specifically to youth. Youth can take advantage of it, but it's not. I'm not talking to them specifically. So it would really be about just reducing my bandwidth from what we're doing now and shifting the scope towards more of the youth level, which is going to be probably 10 to uh, 18, 10, 10 to 18. You know, I've worked with NBA basketball players that never picked a weight up until their, their freshman year of college. And that's not okay. We need to be starting to get more into training the body and understanding how to train the body in high school as do high school football players, because it's important. And with the game being more explosive, more athletic, more with more speed and velocity, there's more injury. And that's not to say that people aren't doing the necessary things to protect themselves. But I just think that there's a lot of education to be had, especially off the court from not only a training standpoint, but from a nutrition standpoint, Mm -hmm. from a recovery and sleep standpoint. And I truly believe that that's 
where the real work should start. And um, I definitely want to, to take on that challenge and will. It's just a matter of handling all this that's on my plate right now. Yeah. For sure. You already got a lot going on. I love that. Well, we're going to talk a little bit off air because uh, I might have some propositions for you. <laughs> you make it happen. I know. Mike, I, I, can, I can appreciate all that. And I uh, um, and, and I I recognize some of it because I, I ran track in college and I and I, I played basketball. And I don't think I lifted a weight until I was like 18, 19 years old when I had strength coaches, strength coaches making me do it. That's when my fascination started because then four months later, I was like 20 pounds bigger. I had like traps and I got faster. And I was yeah. like, what's the deal with the, all, all this training? This is working. And yeah. obviously, we were doing a watered down version of the football program. It wasn't really sure. track specific, but uh, but it worked. Uh, so I can't agree with you more that uh, getting in there younger and then doing some education on just the basics. No, we, we don't have to get crazy yeah. with uh, the way we're no. going about things. But but the basics uh, can can set the stage for for the greatness that is within a lot of young athletes, so long as they're getting the right training in the first place. So I do appreciate that. Also, appreciate your 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 humility and your and your story. And I just wanted to kind of summarize a couple of things because I think our listeners might be hearing this and thinking, "Oh man, he's so lucky. He gets to work with all these pro athletes <laughs> and do all this cool yep. stuff." But remember his story. He started off. He was a he was a college athlete that people weren't paying attention to, and and a lot of people have that story. I've known a lot of college football players who tried mm. to become trainers and and didn't do much with it. You got inspiration and 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 were able to get ideas from the people you were working with. Um, mm. You know whether it be some of the clients that you had or people that you were working around, and that's something that we can do as fitness professionals as well. You're going to be around some great people. Uh, they might not be in the sports performance world, but in all uh, all forms of life, you can you can learn from the people around you. And it does sound like you um, you value surrounding yourself with with greatness because that it feeds right into your your brand and. I, again, I think that's something that we can all, um, you know, strive to do a little bit more of, and that is just be around people that inspire us to to do more. So again, I, I wanted to make sure I summarize that for our listeners because it can Beautiful. sound like Thank oh, you. he's got this glamorous life and he's so lucky, and I don't think luck has much to do with it. If you really listen, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of good lessons in in Mike's story. So with all that said, um, thank you. We sir. Got a lot, of course, of course, we got a lot of students who who want to pursue the sports performance side of the industry. You got a couple of pieces of advice for people who are listening to this thinking, you know what, I want to I want to try to be like Mike. The advantage that I have that the kids or the younger adults that don't have is I didn't have social media to <laughs> to influence my psychology. And what I mean by that is social media, unfortunately, could be a place of disparity. It could it, it, it's a confidence killer. It puts you in a constant state of comparison. It gives false pretenses and ideas of what they think they should be doing. And that's super damaging. And unfortunately, that's just the world that we live in these days. And and they have to deal with that. And why I feel like I'm lucky is because I didn't have to deal with that. You know, I didn't have the the overconsumption of social media. Actually, when I first started as a coach, I was so against it. Because the type of human I am, I'm not a big showy guy. I'm not, look at me. I, I don't like being the loudest in the room unless I'm coaching. <laughs> I And, and I, there's a reason for that. I don't like to have the shiny stuff. I don't, I'm real low key and cool. So the idea of being on a platform where you're consistently just showing yourself 
didn't make sense to me. But obviously, as the years progressed, it turned into a tool. Mm-hmm. And we take huge advantage of those tools naturally. So I do encourage the use of social media. And I think that that's an amazing tool. But unfortunately for our kids that are up and coming, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to try to avoid. That being said, speak less, do more. And what I mean by that is, is because of this social media culture and entitlement, it's like every every person in this generation is always asking with their handout, well, if I'm going to come work for you, well, how much are you going to pay me? Well, I don't know about y'all, but I worked for a year in a facility unpaid mm-hmm. and was completely okay with that because I was in a room full of professional athletes and performance coaches that have been in this field for 10 years. And I was just excited and giddy just to be in the space. And I understand that everybody's situation is different and some may not be able to afford to give that type of time because they have to take care of family business and what have you and go make money. Listen, you got to do what you have to do. But if you have the ability to go volunteer and be a fly on the wall and learn and do less of this and more of this, I think that that's going to be the number one piece of advice for anyone that's up and coming that's trying to get into this field is find a mentor. And what that means is he or she is somebody that is doing what you love to do, has a substantial approach that's respected in the field that you're doing, and that's going to allow you to serve for free in the exchange of information. and. That's number one. Like you have to go put your, you you have to go earn your stripes with anything in life. And I think that that's just a necessary obligation that we all have to feel in any field because we don't know who we are when we're 22 years old. We don't know what we're capable of. We haven't gone through any struggle for real. And in order to truly learn who you are as a human, you need to put yourself in design discomfort or purposeful discomfort. And I think that that's one of those situations Anybody that comes to me and says, hey, I want to intern with you, I make them wake up at five o'clock in the morning and work out with me. <laughs> Not because <laughs> I think that it's important that you work out at five o'clock in the morning, but it shows me a lot of who you are if you're able to do that. I learned so much. Of it. You don't even have to tell me who you are. You don't have to say anything. If you wake up at five, if you show up at the gym at 450, ready to get it cracking, I already know who you are. I don't care how good you are as a coach. I don't care how much you know. I don't, it doesn't matter. I can, I can help you learn all that other stuff. You have the qualities that I'm looking for as a human. So figure out ways to put yourself in these situations to learn about yourself and be challenged and be in uncomfortable situations on purpose. Because this life that we live right now in America, for the most part, for the most part, I don't speak for everybody, but for the most part, it's convenient. Everything is convenient. Uber Eats. You don't even got to go freaking get in your car no more. You can have your food dropped off to you. It's crazy. So, you know, I feel our kids got a little soft. You know, I'm 39. I turned 40 this year. So I can say that. And, you know, we just got to do things that feel uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, I love that. That's like all I can say. You were talking. I said, mm, mm. <laughs> like over here dropping truth bombs. Um, but yeah, I love everything that you just said. And that's amazing advice. For anybody looking to get into it. And by the way, I am a 5 a.m. worker outer. I'm that person with my face pressed against the glass. Like, <laughs> is it open yet? 
that is me. We, we, we're here. We're here. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So speaking of your social media, though, because it is such a great tool and you have learned how to use it, can you share with our listeners where they can find you on social media and online? You mentioned your YouTube at GBG Hoops, but what about the rest of your social media? Okay, so my personal handle is Mr. Do It Moving, and that's a play on words from the Bay Area. It's a phrase that we use to say pretty much like, you want to go to the store? Okay, yeah, let's do it moving. Anyways, I took that. I said, Mr. Do It Moving. So there is a G at the end. So that's my personal page. And, you know, it's kind of in a transition. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's not so a lot of training content on there because I'm trying to transition people to go to the company page, which is gbg.hoops. And there is a plethora of training content on there being posted daily. Uh, we also have the YouTube, which is GBG, uh, GBG Hoops, and also Facebook. So um, those are our main avenues. We have a TikTok, but it's not super active. I mean, I, I made it because they told me to. It's, it's the biggest thing out right now, I guess. But it's just a lot, right? Like, how, how many social <laughs> media platforms do we have to maintain? It's so much work. But GBG.Hoops on Instagram, YouTube, GBG Hoops, and then Mr. Do It Moving is my personal page. So please, anybody that listens to this that wants to reach out, I I answer my DMs. Nice. So hit me up. Love it. And we will. I, I just friended you. I love your dog, by the way. Adorable. Yes, <laughs> <a> mocha. <laughs> so cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mike. This has been a really cool conversation, really good insights. We appreciate you. I listen, man. I Anytime you want to do a part two, a part three, a part four, you let me know if I can give any type of value to the people that are tuning in. I'm all for it. So thank you guys for having me. And uh, let's continue this dialogue, please. Yes. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> John, any last words for our listeners today? Yeah. You know, normally I take notes. I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is my last words. And there was so many of them, but you said something at the end. I don't even know if it's a common saying that you, that you, that you say a lot, but you said the words purposeful discomfort. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, doing something uncomfortable on purpose. And right. that really, that really rang true with me because that's, that's something that we ask of, of our personal training clientele all the time is kind of step outside of their comfort zone, do a little something different in order to get a different result. And that can be true in fitness and sports performance, but that could be true about how you're handling your, your relationships, how you handle your money, how you handle your responsibilities, all right. of those things. So purposeful discomfort is a huge takeaway for me. Yes, sir. You know, you life comes at you hundred miles per hour. You got to be ready. It sure does. You got to be able to stay calm and keep operating. Yeah. And I really like what you were talking about as far as the opportunities and putting yourself in those spaces. Um, but sometimes it's going to be outside of your normal schedule or outside of what you're yep. comfortable with. Uh, so I really appreciate you saying that because a lot of people think it's just going to land in their lap or, oh, I went to a basketball game and nobody came up to me. Uh, there's also 20,000 of your closest friends there too, right? Thanks. So you're not going to stand out in situations like that, but getting yourself in those rooms where you can be around the people that are doing what you want to do. Find yourself a mentor, mm -hmm. something that we talk about all yes, the time. All the time. And like people like yourself who are making yourself available to people who are interested. He just said he answers his DMs. So hit him up, right? Ask your questions and get what information you can. Uh, and so I think that's amazing of you. I love your servant leadership uh, attitude. And I think you are living a lot of people's dreams. But to John's point earlier, it, it didn't just show up one day. You've worked hard for this. 
Uh, so I love to and see it. I love to see you succeed. So that's awesome. Again, thank, thank you so much, coach. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, so you so much, much for being yeah. here. Guys, lots of great lessons in this one. Go back, re-listen, check them out on social media, follow, ask questions. Please. Um, yeah. Go out there, do all the things, find your dream and go pursue it. Uh, but above all, guys, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.